ABC. Good morning. Wouldn't this be the year to see the king? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be really wonderful, wouldn't it? I yes, yes. Hey, uh, today we're going to do something quite a bit different. Uh, the elders, uh, we've been praying about a lot of different things, and uh, we decided to use this first day of the year to, to change up our, our worship hour quite a bit different than we have in the past. And today we're going to have more of a fellowship time with each other, meaning we all are going to add to the worship here together. And um, so with that in mind, we got some little bit of surprises, but uh, Lee and I are both going to speak today, and we're going to have communion, and John's going to have some words there too, and we're really going to land in the uh, upper room discourse, Jesus' last words. Uh, you're going to see that tie connection through, through that, um, but we've been really growing as a body in the last six months, and the last particularly four months about prayer. We've been exercising prayer in a little different way in our worship, uh, which you've noticed with Lee's ministry, and we're going to um, we're gonna uh, center on that a little bit, and we're going to talk some more about some other words that Christ gave us in those last, in his last days here on the earth. And so, just kind of kick back, and some of our songs now, they're all dated. If um, They're all going to take you back to when you were in um, teenage years, or 20s, or so forth, if you've been a, a, long, a long old Christian with us here. And we're going to have a good time with these. So let's go ahead there, David. Look at this first one. Remember this one here? He gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, the spirit of goodness, that we might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Sorry about messing up the words, but let's stop for a second. Now, you've heard this one, haven't you? You never heard this one here from Isaac? Oh, my goodness. All right. well, let's do it twice then. Two more. He gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. One more time. He gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the heaviness that we might be trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified all right let's go to the next one David we're staying in that same key of F John that you're in his banner is over me is love remember this one the Lord is mine and I am his the banner over me the Lord is mine and I am his, the banner over me is love, his banner over me is love, he brought me to his banquet table, his banner over me is love, he brought me to his banquet table, his banner over me is love, he brought me to his banquet table, his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. Oh, now, these are the old type of campfire songs, okay? That means there's hand clapping going on in these, okay? But let's see if you can do that. He lift me up to the heavenly places, a banner over me is love. He lift me up to the heavenly places, a banner over me is love. He lift me up to the heavenly places, a banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. He is the vine and we are the branches, a banner over me is love. 
your introduction into John there, Lee. Actually, grew up in the 70s. <laughs> okay, okay, then we've got a little bit of excuse. I was born in the 60s. I know that a little bit better, but um, 60s and 70s, good grief. I didn't get saved, though, until the 80s, so um, some of this was old to me at the time. <laughs> How many of you had a great New Year's Eve? Yeah? And you're still awake this morning. All right, that's a good thing. Yeah. Are you looking forward to a good New Year? 2017. Yeah. I want to stop and, uh, and make you think for a minute. How many of you actually enjoyed the last year and a half digging into the Bible uh, book by book? You better raise your hand because the pastor's watching. <laughs> How many of you actually read through the entire Bible in the last year and a half? Okay, there's a handful. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, the big question. How many of you actually study the Bible on a daily basis? Four? Five? <laughs> okay, so that's a little bit of an area of work here. I want you to turn to John chapter 17 with me. We were in John chapter 17 this morning in Sunday school, and for those of you that weren't in Sunday school, if you want some homework, I have it available for you. Those of you that are in Sunday school, I expect your homework next week. <laughs> John chapter 17, what is this thing all about? John chapter 17 is Jesus' prayer. This is before he went out into the Garden of Gethsemane. Right after the, the Lord's Supper, Jesus prayed in the presence of his disciples. And he prayed for intimacy with the Father. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed for the people that would believe on him through their word. But I really want you to focus on a couple of things this morning. Um, the book of John... If you haven't read it, you need to read it. But it's different from the other three Gospels in the fact that the book of John, even though it gives us the, the first miracle that Jesus did, turning the water into wine, the book of John focuses the majority of it on the last week or so of Jesus' ministry before he went to the cross. Did you know that? There is about three and a half years of ministry missing from the book of John. What was Jesus doing in that time with his disciples? Yeah. We find some of that here in the book of John in chapter 17. And I really want to focus you on a couple of things. There are some verses here, verse 14 and verse 17, but there's several others that say the same thing. The first thing that Jesus did while he was with his disciples, and one of the most important things that he did with his disciples, in verse 8 it says, For I have given them the word which you have given me. Verse 14, he says that again, I have given them your word. And in verse 17, it says, sanctify them through the truth. Your word is truth. Now, I want you to stop and think about that for a minute. Think about that. Jesus spent three and a half years explaining the word of God to his disciples. It wasn't just three and a half years of 
your party time. This was intimacy. This was time they spent together eating and sleeping and, and walking and talking and doing the work of the Lord, watching Jesus perform miracles and so forth. But all throughout it, Jesus emphasized sharing with them the word of God. In this intimate time, one of the keys to intimacy with God is spending time right here. Do you remember when Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to the two men on the, the road to Emmaus? What did he do? Go ahead. You got it. It says there in the scriptures that while he was talking with those on the road to Emmaus, that he opened up the scriptures to them. And beginning in the Old Testament, beginning all the way back at Abraham, he exposed to them where he was in the Old Testament, in the scriptures, everything that spoke about him. That's what this book is. This book is about Jesus Christ. And if we want to know him more, we have to dig into this word right here. And we have to not just read it. Yeah, okay, I, I read through this passage for the day, I'm done. We have to do what we did in Sunday school. We have to study the word. We have to eat it. We have to digest it. We have to apply it to our lives. So if we want intimacy with the Lord in 2017, how many of you actually desire to grow deeper in the Lord Jesus Christ this year? Good. Because the place that it starts is right here in the word of God. The second thing that we see in John chapter 17, go to the next slide if you will, David, is that Jesus focused his time with his disciples on prayer prayer. How many of you actually spend time, and you don't have to raise your hand because I don't want to embarrass you, but how many of you actually spend time every day in intense prayer to the Lord? I have to say that I need to do better at that myself. Sometimes I catch myself just doing the little quickie, throw it up to the Lord and hope it sticks type prayer instead of actually getting down on my knees, when my knees are working and my back is working, and actually intensely praying, spending time fellowshipping with God. Did you notice that all throughout the scriptures when we see Jesus getting alone, he sends his disciples and the crowds away, and what does he do? He gets alone with God and he prays. You remember when he sent his disciples out onto the stormy sea? that he sent them out in, uh, in the evening. He didn't stop praying until the early morning and walked out onto the water with them. He spent eight hours or more in prayer. Gee, that's a goal for me. It's not going to happen probably, but it's a goal. Now stop and think about it. Jesus taught his disciples to call the, the, our God Father, Abba daddy. That's intimacy. Have you ever thought that you can crawl up into God's lap and say, daddy, please? And yet that's what God wants you to do. That's the intimacy that we are supposed to be experiencing in prayer. But there are other things that we have to pray for too. In, in verse 22, um, Jesus prayed that even as he and the Father are one, that you and I would be one with him and with each other. So in our prayer time and our relationship building, talking with God, we need to focus on ourselves first for our closer walk with the Lord. Second, we need the time to pray 
for other believers to be strengthened, just as Jesus did here. Strengthened and so that they would find safety and comfort and power to be able to fulfill the job that he gave them, you and me and every other Christian here on earth to do, which is to be witnesses to the rest of the world that is not going to like the message that we have to share, but they need to hear it because there are still people out here that need to hear the word of God and come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior before the end. And then second, or third, that is it. We need to pray for the lost. Pray for those that the Lord is going to bring to him before his return. And I believe that return is going to be soon and very soon. If you don't believe that, you aren't paying attention to what the scriptures have said. And that's one of those things we're going to talk about maybe a little bit in February is prophecy. But um, the Lord's returning soon. Are we ready for it? And are the people out here ready for that? Our job is to get out there and tell them about Jesus so that they can be ready. And we need to spend time in prayer to prepare ourselves for it and to get the Lord's power to do that. So if we want to be everything that the Lord wants us to be in 2017, how many of you actually want to be what the Lord wants you to be in 2017? You can raise your hand on that one. If you truly want to be what the Lord wants you to be this year, there are two things that you have to do. You have to spend time right here growing in understanding the Lord, who he is, what he wants us to do, what he is already doing, intimate time with God in the word, and then intimate time with God in prayer. Pastor John, I think you're ready. Well, what if I want to sit down? <laughs> um, take your Bibles, turn to uh, Luke 22. We're going to head into communion now together. And Lee's already talking about communion, isn't he? That, that whole idea of that intimacy with God through our study of the Word and our study in, in our, our time in prayer together. And in Luke 22... Look at verse 14 and 15. Luke 22 talks about the, the Last Supper in the upper room. John 17, Jesus is praying during that Last Supper and in the upper room. And in Luke 22, verses 14 and 15, Jesus says this. Well, it starts off, when the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Now, I've really never spent time on these two verses in preparing for communion, but with what we're talking about today and what I see our church doing, by our church, our family here together, all of you together, is that we are together and we're learning more what that means. And what Jesus is saying to his disciples, I really want to be together with you. Even though I know I'm going to suffer a little bit later, I want to be together with you. Because this isn't going to happen again in this way until things have really changed. But I want to be with you. Now, Lee was talking about um, John 17, and we were talking about that in Sunday school. And the whole concept, when Jesus was praying in the upper room, he was saying, Lord, I, I pray that 
my guys, the disciples, will see how you and I are together and that they will be together and that the world together will be together because of you and that they will see you and they will grow in you and Lord, protect them, be with them. And the thing that hit me this past week was that in the upper room, the entire time the disciples were there, they were participating in an act of prayer. What do I mean by that? You're going, wait a minute. They were eating. They were drinking. They were discussing. Well, folks, they were with the word. The word that became flesh and dwelt among us. The word that indwells us. The word that spent three and a half years with them. The word that is God, was God, will be God, they were with him and they were talking with him. And isn't that prayer? It is, isn't it? And as I was looking at that entire upper room time, Jesus was actually acting out what prayer is like. In other words, right now, we can talk to Jesus, but he's not here physically in the room with us. We have the Holy Spirit with us. And Jesus said, that is our helper now so that we can hear Jesus now. But Jesus is not in the room physically with us. But when Jesus was physically with them, he was teaching them prayer by just being together. In other words, he was giving them guidance. Remember when the disciples said, uh, Jesus, you want us to fix the meal, but how are we going to do this? Well, I want you to go to such and such a place, and I want you to talk to such and such a man, and he will take care of things for you, and this is what I want you to do. Okay, Jesus. Doesn't that sound like a prayer? Um, Jesus was talking about his suffering, and all of a sudden they got, up in, got off into, well, who's going to sit at your right hand? And Jesus said, that's not the most important thing. That's not it. You all need to learn how to be servants. And have you noticed sometimes when you and I pray that in our prayers, God speaks to us and says, you know, that's not quite the most important thing. Because prayer is a two-way street. It's a communication where sometimes we need to be reproved and to learn something and redirect our communication in a way that brings glory to God and not glory to ourselves. So Jesus gave instruction, he gave guidance, he gave exhortation, he gave um, reproof, he gave encouragement. Aren't these all aspects of prayer? So I've got an assignment for you this week along with Lee's assignment. We are just pouring it on, you know. I, but this, I don't have blanks for you to fill in. But as you look at Luke 22, take a look at it this week, and I want you to look at the time that Jesus talked to his disciples in Luke 22 as a time of prayer and see what kind of examples of prayer you see in that chapter where Jesus instructs his disciples, he talks, encourages, exhorts, reproves, he guides, he explains, he is patient with them, he warns them, he talks about things that he knows that they don't know Isn't that amazing? And it all has to do with Jesus starting off by saying, I really am glad we're together. And folks, that's the example. That's one of the things that I see our church growing in, the desire to want to be together. Because we need to be together. Because Jesus said we need to be together, first of all with him, and then with each other to help, to help us to grow. Now, I can't force you to want to be together. We can't do that. But I'm just thankful that I look forward to seeing you and being with you so that we can pray and learn together the same way Jesus had that heart's desire to be with his disciples. We're learning how to love God more effectively. We're learning how to love each other more effectively. And that's what Jesus shows us 
in this communion time. Now those who are serving communion, would you come forward at this time? Continuing in Luke 22, after Jesus said, I really want to be together with you, he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Now, do you notice he takes the cup twice in Luke 22? You're going, wait a minute, is that a typo? What happened here? Well, at the Passover meal, they had a lot of courses, okay? It's one of those uh, meals that we, we've done that together here with the Passover meal. And they would drink a whole lot and at different times and they would eat a whole lot and at different times and there'd be different meanings for why they would eat and drink at different times. So he begins by taking the cup and then he takes the bread and then later he takes the cup. Now the taking of the bread after the cup is where I want to start our communion. He took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. Gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Like the study of the word, I want you to eat this. I want you to digest me. Remember, I am the word dwelling among you. I am your nourishment. Ben, would you lead us in prayer for the bread? Father, last week we celebrated your miraculous birth. Today we celebrate the miraculous gift of your death for our sins. Uh, we, we just want to celebrate uh, having you in our lives and having, uh, just having uh, everything we do to be centered on you, to glorify you. Uh, we love you, Father. We thank you. Jesus said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Continuing on in Luke 22, likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. John, would you lead us in prayer for the cup? Oh, great and heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you shed your blood for us, that our sins could be cleansed. For we all have sinned, 
and, and are unable to not sin. Our only redemption is what you gave us. So thank you, dear God. Thank you for that. We are humbled and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the wind of your love, but what can be done with an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you. Your spirit of love, please wash me anew in the wine of your love. As we look at communion and the upper room discourse and Jesus' time with his disciples as a time of prayer. Prayer can be a time of discovery as well. And Jesus said to his disciples, when you drink this cup, it's the new covenant in my blood. It's been planned from the beginning of time, but something new is happening. And it begins tonight. It begins tonight as I sacrifice myself for you for your sins, you'll see. Drink this, for this is the new covenant in my blood. A couple of things I want to point out to you as we head into the new year together. Um, be praying for Ed and Ethel. Ed uh, needs to have heart surgery, and he needs to have orthodontia, ortho, orthodentist work. I mean, however you say that, but uh, they work together, so be praying for him. I'm worried about his heart, okay, because if uh, just has to be really careful, and uh, we're finding the, looking for the right doctor. To, to help out with that. I want to say thank you to our new secretary, Elena, over here. Elena and the crew, so I hope you get to know her, Elena and Brenna and Josephine and Leland. She's doing double, triple, quadruple duty, you know, coming here to the office and working and doing a great job. But uh, get to know Elena, and when you call, she's the one you're calling. Um, Ron, we're praying for your shoulder, right? And uh, three times you've, you've heard it, right? We're going to pray that you quit, quit doing that, you know? Um, folks, there are a lot of things to pray for, and I uh, just want us to be praying for each other. Why don't you take a minute now before we continue, before, I, uh, uh, before we have the offering, and just stand up, say hi to each other. Richard, welcome. Good to see you this morning. 
Say your name one more time. Samora. Well, get to know these guys. We're so glad to see you this morning. Happy New Year to you as well. And uh, thank you for being a part of our family this morning. Uh, stand up, take a moment, stretch your legs, and we'll continue our time together. Okay, folks, let's get going again. I don't really have many announcements for you, uh, except to tell you Happy New Year, be praying for each other, and do your assignments. Sunday school class, uh, oh yes, we have deacons fun today, thank you. Um, this is the one I forget every month, so deacons fun at the end of the service today. Um, I'd like to have the ushers come forward now for this morning's tithes and offerings. By the way, this is just one of those ways that we're growing. I remember at the first of the month, the elders prayed and said, Lord, we are really struggling financially, and we've been struggling for a long time. And, uh, well, we're not out of the weeds yet, but God has really blessed this month in ways that are so above and beyond anything that we expected. We just give him the praise and the glory. Now, he can take it all away, and we'll still give him the praise and the glory. But I'm just thankful when I see God work in a way that no way I could do myself or no way that Ben could do or John could do or Don or Lee. It's just fun, and it's fun to tell you about it, too. But thank you for your giving, and uh, just keep praying as we head into ministry in 2017. Father, thank you for your gifts to us. That's the most important thing. And thank you that we have a chance, based on what you've given to us, to give to you. Help us to do it with joyful hearts and to, to just enjoy that relationship we have with you and what you do in our lives and in our ministry. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'd like to uh, teach you the song that I just sang. Uh, so let's all learn it together. My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, and my prayers are cold, but I know how, 
I hope to be alive in you and dead to me. Oh, what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. Please wash me anew in the wine of your love. Oh, what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. Please wash me anew in the wine of your love. Well, this is kind of like normal for me. Um, I, I get to sit on a lot of professional panels, and whenever I do, I tell the folks I, I want to go last. And so I get to go last again. <laughs> but that song, if you wanted to look that one up, it's a great song from Keith Green. Um, and if, if those who don't know it, Keith Green was a young man who uh, the Lord took him home early. His wife, uh, by the way, I'm on her email list. Um, and uh, melody, and uh, but he wrote that song, uh, so you can look for that. You can also find the YouTube, and that stool's the same height as the other one. So um, great. Um, let's pray, Father. I just ask you that you would bless these words here again that you gave us so many centuries ago. Now, Father, um, make them alive in our hearts. Amen. Hey, I want to start with us telling you a story about. Um, but I, Ida, Iad, Iad, I guess it is, Iad. I wanted, to <laughs> I was driving to church today. Uh, anybody have, else have snow at their house? Did you guys have snow up there? Yeah. Yeah, a little blizzard up there where I was at. So I had to jump, I'd change everything over my four-wheel drive, come on down. I only needed it for the first two miles. But I was, so after I got back uh, down to uh, where the air wasn't so thin, the Lord brought to me uh, Iad, who, a gentleman I met this summer, um, Ayad was is is um, born in Lebanon, and he's he's Muslim, and um, but he and he's about my age, and he came to the states I think in his twenties with his brother, and uh, they they uh, started they had eight restaurants at one time in Manhattan, um, and they were really good pastry chefs and and all that. Uh, the reason why I want to introduce Ayad to you be. I uh, is um, is and I had to call my cousin this today to get pronunciation of his name. <laughs> anyway, the reason why I want to introduce him to you was uh, I'm going to make a long, long story very, very short. Is that we had a sheetrock party at my house this summer, and what that was is uh, uh, I ran out of money on a on a home remodel about ten years ago, <laughs> and and so the house. Um, Basically, it was all done on the outside, but there was no sheetrock on the inside. And John McClenney came over. Where's John? Oh, he's out there counting money. John McClenney came over, and um, he helped me wire it up this spring and summer as we got ready. Because my cousins, who were at a funeral last a year ago, said, hey, let's go out and sheetrock Don's house. <laughs> and they were in New Jersey. <laughs> And so they were, in, and so they drove out. The, some of them, um, uh, the retired folks or whatever. One couple from North Carolina drove out with their, with their motor home, and the other guys flew in. And some others came up from Oregon, from Southern Oregon, and there was a couple supposed to come up from California. Anyway, um, and they joined my contractor for a week, and Iad is the father-in-law to my cousin's kid. In other words, he's in the family by marriage. And when he heard about this, this sheetrock party and these folks were giving up 
and spending their own money to come out and sheetrock my house. He, being a Muslim, he never has seen that. He's never seen that kind of love before. So he told Judy, my cousin, his daughter, or not his daughter, but um, anyway, by marriage, or I guess you figure out how that works or whatever. He's, Judy, my cousin, he says, can I go? <laughs> I want to go because I have never seen anything like this before where a group of people, Christians, all Christians, brothers and sisters, would sacrifice for another brother like this. And he did. So he flew in the, the second day. He was, since he was a pastry chef, we put him to work. <laughs> and he cooked us one of the fantastic meals, plus he served us, kept serving us up Middle Eastern pastries, which are just great that he brought with him and so forth. And it was just a wonderful time. And we had campfires at the nighttime, and we, and we all reunioned around together. And uh, he saw the word of God lived out in us. That's what we're going to talk about today. And so um, and, and Judy is still praying for him and just spent uh, New Year's Eve at his house last night or whatever uh, back in North Carolina. Um, but let's go ahead to the first slide there. Up in the Upper Room Discourse, when, when the Upper Room started, it was a kind of a long meeting. Uh, John recorded most of it, and then so did Matthew and Luke and so forth, they, part, parts of it. But it all starts off with Jesus washing, washing the disciples' feet. And you're familiar with these texts from John 13, and so I'm going to scan a couple of these just a matter of time. But if you jump down to verse 14, if then the Lord, the teacher, washed your feet, you also also wash one another's feet. For I give you an example that you should do as I did to you. He just got done washing their feet. Many of us know the story. Let's go to the next slide. So deeper in the chapter here, and this is where our verse is. It's in the bulletin here. He's talking now that he's going to leave the disciples. He says, little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to, to the Jews, and, and now I'm saying to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment. Pay attention to that now. A new commandment. I give to you that you love one another, that you also, uh, even, I, even as I have loved you, what happened just a moment ago, a few moments earlier? What did he do? Wash their feet. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Why did he wash their feet? To be an example that you also love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples and if you, if you have love for one another, you will have love for one another. Why did Ehud come out to my house? Because he's, he's hungry for love. Okay. He says, I'm going to take time off of his work I'm going to spend my own money on airfare. I'm going to fly to Don's house and be with these folks for a few days because I have to see this. Because <laughs> these other people are doing the same thing. They're taking time away. They spent their own money to fly to Don's house. That What? For four days put up sheetrock. <laughs> so, by the way, we're still putting it up. <laughs> My dog's got mud on him right now, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. Let's go to the next slide. When he, John chapter 14, he embellishes his love more. This is John chapter 15. But if you want to go back and read this and spend some time, he describes his love so much greater in John chapter 14. But in John chapter 15, he starts off with, I am the vine and you are the branches. We sang that song today. I am a beloved, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Okay, just we saying that. But he says again, this is my commandment. And this commandment, I went back and studied the Greek word, and this is the new order. This is an order. This is a directive. What orders did the Lord give us? In my, in my book, I only count one. This is the only order the Lord gave us. Okay. He didn't, he didn't come to add to, to add to Scripture at all. Remember that? And, and you got those other discourses. But this is my commandment 
that you love one another just as I loved you. Greater love has no one than this from for, for one to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Are you a disciple of the Lord? Here's your test. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Long, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know, know what, he's, what his master is doing. Can't get, the slave can't get into his master's head. The master can go at will, doesn't understand. But I call you friends. You don't treat your friends like you treat the slaves. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. I've opened it up. But I have to tell you this. I command you now. I give you the order to love. Let's go to the next slide for time. So you did not choose me. This just goes back to go back to the vine and the branches. And I, I wrote a song of all that captures all this, and I've shared it here years ago. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Yet you will go and bear fruit, and your fruit will remain. And whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He may give you may give to you. This I command you that you love one another. It's so important that he repeats, repeats, repeats. I'm about ready to leave. I, you have to get this. Next slide. I just want to point out, and this Matthew 28, after the resurrection, spends time with disciples, and he's ready to depart the earth. Okay, and this is what happens in Matthew 28, and, we're, and this is this is the last few verses, and the very last verses in the book of Matthew. And we go to the next slide. And he says here, go therefore and make disciples to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, then the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. He brings it all home again. What, was the com what did he command us? To love one another. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We need to love. If they're going to know that we're Christians by our love, we have to have exhibit that love to each other. And the elders have been, uh, we've been spending some really special time with each other because we've been meeting almost weekly uh, in the last almost year. I guess we for the last year we've pretty much been meeting once a week. Um, and we spend some of it our time growing with each other. We spend some of our time praying for the needs of the church, and then we've also been trying to figure out how to solve the needs of the church, particularly for this physical plant. But this church family is nothing without love. And the challenge is for us to love each other. And the only way for that is that we hold each other accountable. You hold me accountable. I hold you accountable, Linda. Okay. Linda, don't say that. That doesn't sound like love. <laughs> okay. Don, quit. Knock it off. <laughs> That's not what we're, what we're commanded. Uh, we wanted to have just a little bit of time of fellowship and ask you this, this morning before we leave in the next five minutes here, uh, what, are you, what about this 2017? What about this family at Grace Church? Um, we wanted to rejuvenate and start this year reaffirming our love to each other and our love to the Lord. And that's what Lee was trying to, to give us the direction of. That's what John was saying. Um, and so with that in mind, where are you? Does anybody want to comment? Anyone? about your love and your commitment and your love to the Lord or whatever. Do you find these, where are you to at today? Well, I think that throughout this coming year, we talked about resolutions. I'm not going to say this is a resolution. What I'm going to say is that this is, a, this is almost a commandment to me. And that is that I will pray more, that I will pray specifically, strategically, 
and that the Lord will bring into this church people that are hungry and thirsty for him. That's my biggest prayer. Wonderful. Anybody else want to be a little bit transparent at this moment? Thank you, Elena. It never fails. Every time I have a baby, my time with God goes down the hill. <laughs> it just disappears entirely. So I'm hoping that in this year, I will finally get back to where I need to be <laughs> and have more time with God in prayer, especially. Um, and especially praying, like Irene had said, about more people coming, especially families. I have seen it happen. Um, we had a baby, we had Brenna, and we're at a church where there were no kids, no babies, and we saw it grow and grow and grow and have so many families. And I know God can do it. We just have to ask. Thank you. And we're going to be praying for your family. There's a lot there. Anybody else would like to share with your brothers and sisters today? That's okay. I just want to start this year afresh and new. Um, we have a lot of empty seats that's available to the community and to your friends. Um, we need to show more love, not just to the folks in this room or to your family, but also to those that are in your lives. Um, and the love has to be real. It has to be like Iad. Iad says, I, I have to go to Grace Church to actually see this love demonstrated. I'm going to spend $1,500 just to go see this love. <laughs> okay. And that's what he did. Um, but we love you. We love each other. Um, one thing that... Uh, we know about Pastor John and Barb is they, they truly love us. They love us greatly. But we have, a, we have some, uh, I'm not giving out any homework assignment. I'm just asking you to enhance your life. <laughs> so, uh, but as, as, we, as we grow in love, Others are going to see that, whether they're inside this church body or elsewhere or so forth, and they will have to know the gospel. There are so many people that don't, that know that what the world is offering them does, is not, it's not eternal. It's not satisfying. But love is. When I was preparing for this talk today, I was focusing in on a different part of John 17 until I saw till I saw that word command jump out at me. I, that's not where I started. <laughs> that's where the Lord took me to. And then I started looking through and said, "Wow, it's it's woven all the way through there." And then we talked. A couple of us elders talked about it during the week or whatever, and we said, "Well, this is just amazing." But we are we have been given a directive to love. And the thing is, love doesn't cost us anything. It doesn't cost. We just need to do. So let's pray and then uh, and go home. <laughs> Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love. We now understand it much more. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the words that Lee gave us today to encourage us to stay true to your word, to read your Bible. To every day, and to spend time praying for the ones that in our in our lives, the ones in our families, and the ones that are in this room and in our community, Father. Um, so many people need prayer, but I ask you, Father, that you use each one of us this year, and that this year would be a mighty year concerning love at Grace Church. Again, Father, we thank you for your love. Amen. <laughs>